Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super jazzed to be speaking with Carol today. And I wanted to introduce her to everyone on the interwebs. So Carol, uh, let us know who you are and what you do and who you help. Okay, well, um, I'm Carol Suzuki. I'm the flower, uh, flower founder of Empowered um, LLC. I basically do traffic, right? I really enjoy doing search engine optimization, which is um, known as SEO. Um, I've really specialized in local SEO um, because most of my clients are uh, local service providers. That's who I help the most. Um, people, you know, that might have a couple of counties that they work in or are working within like a state. Um, I do help people like outside of my state, but all of my clients have that in common. They are definitely location-based service providers. Um, and I also do pay traffic as well. I love me some Google ads. Um, yeah. So uh, it's my personal belief that it's all keyword-based. And so SEO and pay-per-click should be best friends club instead of fight club, you know? So mm-hmm. I do want to talk about it. So <laughs> straight in there, let's get technical yeah. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. So, I mean, when we met, I think this is an important piece of our context because we met um, over a year ago now, I would say. And when we met in my Facebook group, I think you joined based on, I don't even know how you joined or when you joined or why you even joined, but that's how we met. And I think it's it's another one of those serendipitous meetings where I think, you know, we can talk about how all of the strategies don't work. Like SEO is dead is something that I see. Like Facebook groups are dead that, you know, whatever, ads are the wrong thing. Like let's all jump onto like the TikTok dancing bandwagon and forget the tried and true methods of business that have worked for eons, right? And nothing against TikTok necessarily, but I think it's just a testament to the fact that the the strategies that people talk about that are quote unquote dead are usually the strategies that get, I think our, both of our clients, the biggest results. And I think it's important to think about, well, what are the strategies that you're employing? Are they sort of old timey strategies that have worked for generations? And are you modernizing them? And I think that this is an interesting conversation to have because when we first met, you had a local networking group, right? And you came to me because you wanted to grow it. Yeah, I absolutely did. So talk to us about that. What was it like running the Facebook group? You know, to be quite blunt, it was exhausting because um, it was just me and I had inherited actually a friend's group. So looking back on all of that, like it was never going to be my group because it started out as her group. And um, I guess the bottom line is if you think like you're going to buy a business and get all their fans and clients it doesn't work. If you think you're going to take over an email list and like all these people are just going to instantly like buy from you. Not so true. Cause I've, I've had that happen and I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Um, you have to basically build your own like, uh, community around you. Uh, and that's something quite different. So it felt really exhausting because although I connected with some of the ladies, like I thought, well, if we grow the group, it'll be better. And the more I grew it, and I asked a couple other ladies to help. Um, I was more in danger of losing the group all the time. And eventually they did scrape the group and started their own. Um, and so what I heard though, too, is after it was my group for three years and we were much more smaller and intimate because I'm kind of an introvert um, and the group had changed its flavor so much so that people were like, this doesn't feel good anymore either. And I did have people coming forward because um, the ladies helping me were are they're professional salesmen. So they were much more aggressive than me. They would go cold call and door knock everybody. And um, so it was very different. It was a different feel. And eventually like my energy was so drained and I didn't understand why. 
And here I am doing all the Facebook stuff, all the emails, everything behind the scenes, like basically growing these other two ladies book of business and not growing my own because I was like Wizard of Oz, right? The secret sauce behind the mirror, so to speak, you know, pulling all the strings and making things happen for other people um, that it was just exhausting. And I ultimately, it didn't feel good to me anymore. And so I just left and um, I had found other more fruitful professional networking groups that are supporting me and are massively moving my business forward. And um, from that, what I've learned about networking and referrals. Now I have a couple of referral partners. Like just this week, I've had three sales calls again because of my referral partners. And because of the trust these people have with my partners, these are slam dunks. I don't really have to talk much. I can show them a couple of things and they're like, I'm in, do it. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Um, (laughs) I love it because I remember... I remember us having this conversation around closing the group and you were like, I can't close the group. I've spent so long building this thing. And I'm like, Carol, it's a hundred people. A hundred people is not a lot. Like it is a lot in a room, but it really isn't a lot of people. And and like, I remember that like genuinely torturous decision of closing the group. And after like a little while, I, th- I remember you sitting with it and being like, I think I'm going to close the group. And I was like, this is a great decision. I know this is the only decision that makes sense here. Um, so I guess the question there, and I think it's important to talk through that because we as business owners torture ourselves based on the strategies that we pin ourselves to, right? Well, I have inherited this thing, right? Or I have decided to do this thing and I'm doing it over and over and over again. And I keep running into the same wall, right? So I think that as a coach, right, it's my job to help you see the wall and help you either move around the wall or through the wall or jump over the wall, right? But I think that it doesn't negate the fact that the wall is still there, right? And that we attach ourselves to these strategies that aren't quite working for us. And I think the story here and the thing that I admire so much about you is that it wasn't a case of, well, fuck the Facebook group, fuck the networking, I'm an introvert, therefore I'm just going to sit, you know, sit in my office and I'm going to magic up the the SEO that I know how to do and it will be a funnel and blah, blah, blah. I think the the more interesting thing here is that we, we actually sat down and we looked at, okay, well, why the Facebook group? What is it about networking and community building? Why is it important to you? And I think out of that came a much better business model for you and something that was a lot more aligned with you. Like I would, I I don't know whether other coaches would say this about their clients, but I would never run my business in the way that you run your business. And I think that's a freaking amazing thing that we all get to choose the blueprint. Like you're not just necessarily swiping the, the, you know, Elisa's blueprint for success and going with it. Right. But I think that it's something around, okay, well, you came to me with this Facebook group problem and we sat down and looked at networking. So I guess the question here is, well, why is it important to you to work within your local community? What was it about the group that you were holding on to? So, and I think, um, you know, I guess full transparency, the group was more of a free group, right? And it did really help me literally like leave the basement and start meeting people. Um, and I had tried some other businesses before, so this was not my first rodeo. And actually I pivoted during all of this too. Um, but I knew that my lack of like connection with people in the community is what ultimately helped me close my doors before, right? Because, um, you can't sell to yourself. You have to know people. And so, um, I had just come out of like doing all this healing work for about five years and I felt like, you know what, this could be a safe place and I can help other introverts like me like step out of the the closet or the basement so to speak get to know other people provide safe space let them you know help them develop and do some coaching and and that kind of thing um and I think for that first three years that's what was needed but none of these people could really afford to hire me in in any capacity at all right they just so they weren't my ideal clients and I think that's the biggest like rub here as I was spending a lot of time giving, 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 and not receiving 
Um, and I never could have received, like I was targeting the wrong people. Um, and I think shifting away from like that and letting that go. Um, I really feel like it was kind of like, I wanted to save people because I felt that nobody was there for me. Um, and I wanted mentorship and I wanted to be able to, I guess, give that after, um, I've helped my husband get to seven figures, you know, pretty easily. So I wanted that for these people because I saw the dream and I knew like, if they just listen to what I had to say, you know, they get there <laughs> and, and they would, you and, know, and what is the problem? Have, yeah, yeah, right. in life, Carol. <laughs> right. But, you know, I'm not like really flashy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big personality. So then as the group was growing and getting bigger, the, you know, the, the flashy salesman took over and I became very quiet because I didn't want to compete with her. I didn't want to hurt her business. Mm -hmm. And so actually there was, and then there was another coach that came in before that. And I did the same thing. Like I stepped back because I felt like, Hey, these are people that are working hard to grow their business. Like I'm already wealthy. Um, you know, I don't need to compete with them. I don't need to take from them. So I'll just like, you know, be here and help support everybody and buy their stuff and, you know, be, be that kind of person. But yeah, ultimately it just kept taking and draining me and I wasn't being rewarded. You know, yeah, I love it. I think it's a really interesting conversation of like, well, why are we martyring ourselves or why are we giving up like the space that we have created, cultivated and safeguarded you know, for the people that we are growing, you know, that we are expanding our businesses to, just because you make a certain amount of money and you are quote unquote wealthy, like that doesn't give the people the right to come into your space and loot your house. Uh, like the way that I look at it, and I think like we've we've definitely gotten there over the last year where I think if you did have a group now, you'd be like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> I don't think that would even be a necessarily... I don't think that the space would be set up in such a way where you would even let that energy in anymore, but you know, most likely not. Or, um, you know, and I found like where I work well with other agencies now because they don't do the things that I do. And now from all of that, I've had to really kind of search to, well, where do I fit in? And it was, it's been interesting after like trying other agencies services and then actually being able to double check on it and um, check their work and finding out that, gosh, I probably do just a much better job of it myself. Give that back to me. Um, you know, that I think is where I'm started to learn like what I do and not to try to be full stack. I, you know, when it's just um, one person, you can't be full stack. You can't take it all on. It's just overwhelming. So to learn where there are people I can trust, there are people that I can work with. And that happened in, um, I would say, groups that I've paid a lot more money to be a part of. It wasn't a free group like this was. Um, but yeah. those reputable people, they were willing to pay to play. And so was I. And that's where I've been meeting like the people around me now, honestly. Definitely. And I think, you know, there, there is another conversation here around like, well, why do coaches showcase their clients, right? We're building these platforms and we're building the things. And I think a lot of, um, a lot of conversations that we have behind the scenes to give you context last weekend, I had this conversation with like a group of coaches where someone was attacked in her own community for showcasing her clients, right? You are my client. I want to showcase you because I believe in what you do, Right. And I think it's an interesting like entitlement that people have in these free communities where even talking about like the everyone tag, like we're you know obviously doing a series <laughs> in a free Facebook group over the next few weeks. And I was like, I don't get the hate for the everyone tag. I really don't. I don't either because well, I think I was the only one that said for the groups that I personally belong to, because there's not many, mm -hmm. um, I kind of like it because tell me your juice, like, tell me what you've got going down because I joined this group because I wanted to learn some things from you. Um, I wanted to be a part of this. So I honestly don't get it because I'm pretty happy when I see those come through because I know something good, something valuable is like being delivered in my lap. 
right and I think that's an interesting conversation to have too in terms of like well where where do you find the community and the people that then support you because just like I like to showcase my clients and will never apologize for doing it like I genuinely think that everyone should go and hire you like you're a wizard not even behind the scenes but in front of the scenes right and I think that there's an interesting entitlement that is happening across the board within the space of, well, we create these free communities and then a few select individuals who have no like morals and, or maybe even marketing skills. I don't think it's even about morals anymore. I think it's more around, they don't have the marketing skills. Like, do you remember last time we did a series and you were on, on a live call and someone was, I was literally teaching around sales and someone on that live video was like, oh, well, I can teach you how to do this. And I'm like, well, okay, if you can teach people how to do what I'm teaching, why are you here? (laughs) Why are you here learning this information? Clearly you're here because something in your business is missing. And I think that we just have to create like a little bit more respect and a, a lot more boundaries around, well, what are we willing to accept in the free spaces and the paid spaces that we're creating? How, what is the vibe? And I think that that's an interesting thing as well in terms of like, you finding your footing and you finding your communities to get involved in because clearly you're not you know a desperate um mom by the way carol has like so many children when i found this out like a year and i was like you have how many kids what so this like people say like you know i'm a mom of a gazillion children and i don't have i'm like meet carol carol has like more responsibilities than anyone else i know and carol works harder than I have I think I have ever met anyone you know so I think this is an interesting conversation to have primarily because when we look at the communities that we are a part of when we engage in series and Facebook groups in networking situations how have you changed your approach to those situations and how has your gut helped guide you along the way well to be, I guess, yeah, if you're asking about the gut, I think when I'm starting to feel angry and frustrated, that's my sign that something is clearly not okay, um, for sure. And then, or and or the fatigue, right? Because usually the anger and frustration comes first, you know, it sets off all your stress and then um, I end up having to recover. So I think that's like a uh, red flag, like, numero uno at this point um and you're right like I you know we had that conversation because it's like yep happens to me all the time especially in free groups I think um it I think it's an unconscious like feeling of lack that these people feel like they're going to go into groups and uh, honestly they're going to bump into their ideal clients because you're cultivating them you're cult- you're cultivating the whole tamale right there in front of them. I think it's a point of, um, I don't know, it, maybe this is too blunt, but they're not healed enough to see what they're about to commit as an act of aggression, right? <laughs> like, um, and I and I used to do it too. Like I did it a lot way back in the day when I, I guess, felt less confident and, um. And, and I have found when I'm in moments of desperation, my brain isn't fully engaged and I get that tunnel vision of, oh my God, I need four more clients. You know, um, I need to talk to 10 more people. Uh, and so I really feel like it wasn't about you. It was really a signal of this woman's own, um, lack, you know, because she was willing to, (laughs) my words, I like how you're trying to be so nice. I love it because Carol is like being buttoned up here, but what she's really wanting to say is something completely different. <laughs> I can see. Yeah, it. right. <laughs> you know, but like, I don't think she realized that she was stomping all over you because, like, the brain is not engaged. She's yeah. just getting it's like target lock and fixation. And honestly, though, um, if when you watch the conversation in the group, those people weren't there for her. So it didn't work out. So that's another thing as well as like, um, I think that after a while, like those people weren't there for me anymore because 
I had given so much power to these other ladies in my efforts to support them in their efforts, right? Mm -hmm. um, I gave all of my power away. And even as a healer, I saw that a lot is we want to give our power away. We want somebody else to make it all better. We want somebody else to tell us what to do. And the thing is, is even with what I do, the secret sauce is always with the owner, right? I do not do what they do. I do not bring the magic to the world that they do. So a lot of their messaging, it absolutely has to come from them and their point of view. I can't just make this stuff up. You know, you can't, and it doesn't resonate and it just, you know, like it hits and doesn't stick, right? Slides off the wall. Um, so I think, and that's the, uh, that's the thing is we think we're hiring people to like take this off our plate, but there's certain parts of your business that should never be off your plate. And especially when it comes to that foundational marketing, right? That, sh that should be something you are involved with, that you are actively shaping, that um, you understand how it's supposed to work just at a high level so that you can make sure all the vendors or people that you're putting in place to take the day-to-day, the, -day, the, the non-value-added tasks, or maybe they are value-added, but all the little things that you don't have time for, like, um, looking at images and picking the right one. How many hours do we spend doing that? But if we could offload that, that would take, that would give us all those hours back. However, you do need to look at the proofs and make sure that your brand message is on point and resonates with you, right? So there's certain parts of it that you can offload, but you can't offload it all. Like there's, there has to be enough of you in, in there to make sure that what you're doing, your brand, your energy like is infused with, yeah. with all of the things that are representing you. Right. Um, it really is kind of an alchemy kind of thing, but um, yeah, that's what I, yeah. And I think that's a, such a great point as well is that, you know, I think, and, and isn't it interesting that we get stuck in the weeds, right? I mean, I couldn't give less of a fuck about someone trying to scrape my group. I'm like, good luck to you. If you know, the people are going to, resonate with that message and they're not my people anyway, but we spend so much time worrying about nonsensical things and not actually looking at the things that are going to move the needle. And I remember going through like a scorecard with you and you were like, oh my God, my mind is blown. And it's like three metrics, right? Of focusing, or just focusing on different things. Instead of focusing on saving these people that don't actually want to be saved and focusing on the things that are going to move you forward, I think that's usually the biggest shift. And I think it's interesting as you have developed your services and your framework and you've evolved, right, as a business over, owner, I think it's interesting to talk about, like, the magician behind the scenes, right? We're going to get to delegating in a second because I think it's a really interesting topic too. But if we take a step back and talk about, you know, when we met and it was, like, this group and all of the things and things weren't really working and there weren't, real, like, real clients, but... The interesting thing that I, that I heard when we had that first initial, like, whatever, one-to-one -one was, oh, yeah, I've helped my husband build a seven-figure business, but I haven't really done anything. I've just, like, redone his website, and I do his traffic, and, like, all of his marketing. Oh, and I've just hired, like, four people to help him. And I was like, okay, wait, wait take, take me back. One sec, Carol. Okay. <laughs> he just took me through all of that from the top, you know? And I, and I think that's an interesting... Um, point of view too like we all have these superpowers but we don't see them as superpowers so what was your experience unlocking more of that and perhaps being slightly pushed to talk more about it <laughs> but I think that's a lot of it too right is we might realize we have superpowers but when we get really used to giving our power to other people um we don't own it and I think that's the big transition there right is me starting to own that yeah I did all these things because um, for 14 years, it's, it's David, right? That's my husband. And he's the, he's the face of the Suzuki's. He's the public face. He's the person people like, people don't like me. So, um, you know, it's his business. It's his experience. You know, I'm just doing that. It's his money. He owns it all, right? It's his house. It's his cars. It's his everything. And that's the way it's been for a very long time. So you get used to, um, attributing success to other people when you give your power away, right? Um, and I see that, again, in the coaching space, in business space, in the healing space, especially when you give your power to a guru, right? And we've kind of, I don't know if we've touched on that, but I think we have where 
the gurus do all these things that they're not exactly telling you about and you can work their system, but they ultimately want you to hire them so that they can bring in the team that they have in place that they know work and they know the price tag associated with that. Um, and if you fit the bill, then they can slide you in. Right. And, you know, literally if you fit the bill. Um, so being like that, I always <laughs> said that. I practices of the coaching space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on well, the marketing space too, right. You have to fit the bill too. Um, so with my husband, else, I was, like I said, I just got used to taking that back seat and we didn't talk about Carol again. Um, I just found because of my nature, like people don't get me and, um, you know, being very nerdy, very introverted when I speak, like the eyes glaze over and I wasn't aware of it until like I got a little older and now, or, or doing the energetic work. Cause then I could feel it instantly when people disconnected, I was like, that just happened. They're not getting me. Like, uh, does anybody get me? You know, so I really started to pull like way, 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 way back. Um, and I think that was, you know, what you saw right there that I didn't own. Literally, I didn't own anything. And I certainly didn't own uh, my work for sure. You know, and I want to point out too, like, I think that's a big thing that happens to service providers, right? We spend all this time learning our trade and our craft. And like there, I feel like we're told somewhere in our minds or there's a belief system that if we just give a good service and uh, people will talk about it. And I was convinced of that, um, that word of mouth will kick in and I will be successful because I'm living my passion, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, it's not true. <laughs> if, they, if you build it, they don't come. You have to be purposeful about that. Like people just don't show up at your doorstep unless you put out the breadcrumbs, right? Um, mm -hmm. Just so doesn't just happen. Maybe for some people, if you're like, I have seen it though, for people that are popular um, in the community, they, they could literally <laughs> do anything. And because they're well-known, people will flock to it and, and uh, you know, partake. That certainly yeah. isn't me though. I'm not well, I wasn't well networked and I can't even say that I really am, so to speak, because I'm still very, introverted um I spend a lot of my time like doing the service and that's what you'll find a service provider spend a lot of their time doing their services so it's very hard to block out time for for networking growing your business but you have to be purposeful about it yeah definitely and I think you know one of the I think that one of the things that actually made me a, a lucky service provider in like the tutoring space was that I knew from a very early you know, from a very early time that because it was such a competitive industry and tutors were so well sought after that no one was going to share you. So I think I actually came into the service provider space knowing that I would have to essentially, you know, build this business from behind the scenes. And I think it made me a better marketer and it made me understand marketing and networking at a completely different level to the point where like I would go to these fancy ass that Mayfair places and I would listen to the way that these moms would talk and like the magazines that they were reading and, you know, the, the, the type of clothes that they were wearing. And essentially like I picked up a lot of my marketing from just listening to the people. But I think you make such a great point that how many service providers get stuck in the weeds of doing the do's and they're not actually marketing their business. They're expecting their talent to carry them and the the harsh reality is that talent doesn't carry your sales you can be the most talented person on earth but if you don't learn how to market if you don't learn how to speak about what is it that you do and if you don't learn the right business blueprint for you because again I think that like it took a little bit of time and a cadence for you to find your blueprint too you know for you to figure out well is actually what is it that works for me and again, I think it's something that doesn't, that people don't talk about. Like it takes a little bit of time to figure out the process and figure out the system that works for every individual business owner. So I think that's a really great, great point. And like the power ownership bit, oh my God, my everything's tingling in all of the right places when you're talking about that. Because again, how many women particularly give away their power? How many women have the same situation where like, the husband is the 
not only is he like the head of the family in a traditional sense, but he's got the business. It's his, it's, you know, and, and I think the interesting thing that you said there was it's all his and I'm giving my power away to that. Was it difficult to take back your power and to figure out the the new sort of relationship dynamic? Well, it still is, right? Because I think this becomes a habit. And so um, they're not they're not happy when you start setting boundaries and, and tell them to get the heck out of your office, right? Because you're in work mode and they're demanding that you work for them, right? Mm. In some kind of capacity. Um, that's very difficult. And still, I think finding um, my boundaries too. And um, I guess to say what I'm available for and what I'm not available for, because in the beginning I was available for all of it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, to be his coach, to be his mentor, to be his co-owner, to be the marketing manager, to be the person like showing him how to do leadership, being the person that's doing all the SOPs and not having the employees listen to me. Um, there's still like pieces where it's like, you know, um, if you're not going to own that part of your business, then I'm out. Right. And then, you know, learning, I guess, where to pull back because that just was more stress for me. And, um, ultimately, yeah, like I, I had to learn to pivot too. people didn't want to pay for coaching for me per se, but they needed help with this part and this part. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty good at that. So I had to make a pivot from, you know, going from marketing coaching to actually doing the service myself. Right. But I think there's still a lot of heavy coaching going on in there um, mm -hmm. because people, it, it, again, if it's not your area of expertise, you wouldn't know. And it's just too easy for people to come in there and move you along into a direction that suits them and not necessarily your business. Um, but yeah. So I guess starting to set boundaries has been very difficult. It's been eye-opening um, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's been, uh, but it's been good. Uh so everybody goes through the learning curves and it doesn't happen overnight either. It's taken me about a year, um, two years, in fact, because I started off with the coaching thing and then trying to help people scale. And uh, then I learned like, oh, I need marketing. And then I deep dive into marketing. And then it's like, you know, people even specifically, they've got this part covered, but there's not a lot of people that do this part. So at any rate, um, I think too is, being able to start seeing where my fixed mindset was holding me back um, and to give myself the permission to fail and not beat myself up, give myself permission to learn. You know, I don't know if we just went off topic there, but. No, I love it. I love it because I think it's such, it's a truth, like truthful account of what it's actually like. I don't think it's about, you know, creating this glossy image that I think a lot of people have like particularly for women in your situation where you've been in the weeds of someone else's business for such a long time and then taking your power essentially back and building something else it's not always roses right and and fairies and unicorns it's sometimes it's hard but that's why we hire people to help us through those situations right whether it's healers coaches marketing experts networking whatever it's like it's understanding okay, well, how can I take the resources that I have and the safety net that I have built and how can I turn it into something that I can own too? Because I think, again, like you may come from money, you may have money in the family, you may have a nest egg, or you may be on the other end of the spectrum and have nothing and, you know, like have like the dogs, whatever, the, the rags to riches story, right? I'm talking specifically to the woman who is on the other side of that, who is comfortable, who is essentially in the space of, we have money and my life's pretty freaking great. I want everyone to hear that it's okay to want some power back. It's okay to want to have, you know, to quote Virginia Woolf, a room of one's own where everything is bought from you. And I don't think that's, that's, a, that's you essentially leaving your marriage or going outside of whatever partnership you've built I think it's you wanting to have something for yourself for ever. It could be for a variety of different reasons. And it's okay to want more from your life. It doesn't just because you might have a successful family business doesn't mean that the dream of you creating your own thing can be taken away from you, right? Like you can have everything. You can have the great husband with a great business 
with a great turnover and you can still be a support system there, but also you can have the business that you want to have that grows you and grows what your vision is, right? Because it's difficult building someone else's vision. It, and it is, and it, you know, and especially there, there comes into play, like, if they don't understand the importance of like what you're trying to build for them, it just won't happen. It won't, mm-hmm. and you won't get the, the support that you need. So um, you can't like just ram that through because you're the boss's wife, because as I've learned, they just won't do it. neither my husband or the employee right so um I think learning where to not beat my head against a brick wall and just you know just be like okay I'm gonna let go and you guys are doing just fine because they are and I'm gonna focus on my stuff now thank you um Mm -hmm. it's been great but now like I I had to prioritize me for the first time in a long time did it feel good it does. It's hard, but you know, um, because I find myself like wanting to repeat that pattern for my clients, you know? And, and so again, um, I think knowing like where the boundary is and where you need to stop, like where, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that can be difficult sometimes, but it's good. It's good when you're like, Nope, they paid me for this. That's what they get. Even though I know all of this other stuff, they didn't pay me for all of that. So I think this year that's been a lot of it, right? What did I get paid for? Um, And if I deliver what they paid for, are they going to hate me for not delivering all the rest? No, it's not about liking or not liking. It's about an exchange of value, right? Definitely. So what has it been like building this business? I mean, can can I say the figure? I feel like we're at like 10K months now, right? Um, some months we're, we're very close. So yeah, I was looking at the numbers. Um, so some months are, yeah. So then how has it been building that business essentially from having no clients to then having, uh, three sales calls this week? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. Um, and I think last week was two. So it's, it is definitely starting to take off now a year later. Um, because I'm not afraid to talk in my, you know, talk about exactly what I'm doing and what the results are. I don't have other voices pushing, right? It's just me. Mm-hmm. So being part of that um, professional B and I, um, I'm the only one of my kind. So I don't have to feel the pressure of other people's competition. And I can talk freely about, you know, I help these guys make a hundred thousand by mm-hmm. placing ads for them out of state because, um, you know, they do water damage restoration, right? Um, I made this client 200,000 this month because his website works and um, I'm here supporting him and his SEO is working. Right. So, uh, but that's not uncommon anymore. So it has been, um, it's the gauntlet, Elisa, you know, like you start off and like, I'm going to help everybody. Whoever wants to pay me like to do this, I'll do your social media. You know what? Not anymore. Um, sorry like I can help but I am not doing it you know um not unless it's an extreme case but yeah like oh I can do this and I can do that and I was just talking about the and 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 syndrome like we start off in the diversify like we cast a wide net to see like what we can start catching and then we start realizing like there is an 80 20 principle coming happening here because you'll you'll eventually find that 80 percent of your money does come from 20 percent of what you do and that's the whole niching down process, right? So we do all these things, we're making some money, but this feels hard, this feels easier, and then we make some more money, and then people start talking about, well, gosh, you know, Carol did my website, but when people searched, when I searched for this other company, I clicked my own phone number because I didn't realize I came up first. (laughs) (laughs) I called my own guy when I was searching for someone else. Yes, you're welcome, right? But like, so that's where you start finding that 20% where like, you excel in and people need, you know, so I guess all the books about finding like that validating, validating, validating your offer is so very true. And people, I think it's funny because I think we've talked about this. People start off with their branding. They don't validate their offer first. Like you, it's reverse, right? You have to validate your offer. And I have found by interviewing people, talking to people, listening to people, and then making an offer, and seeing if that's validated and if those are the right people, 
that has gotten me a lot further faster, I think. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, and actually, I, was, course, I, will, yeah. I will say this, that like kudos to you because you are like the dream boat soulmate client because Carol is like one of five people that didn't like question the process. I was like, okay, you need to go and do this, 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 and this, like here are the six steps. And Carol was like, okay, got it. <laughs> and like, here's the checklist. And through that, you know, it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me how sometimes the simplest thing is just talk to your potential customers and then find out what they want and it will evolve and actually the other conversation that we had was when we, you know when we sort of first started working together you didn't have as much experience as you do now and I think a lot of the time what a lot of coaches try and do is try and tell you like you know you need to go and do this one specific thing and don't get me wrong I think if you're like a year in you should be doing one specific thing but if you're like at the beginning bit it's okay to cast the wide net, but you'll. it's about like figuring out, well, I've cast this wide net. I've done this for 90 days. What is it that I've enjoyed? What is it that I need to drop? Was it, what is it, how do I need to evolve, you know? And I think that's kudos to you for sticking to your guns and, and being able to quickly pivot and quickly decide, oh, I don't like that. Oh no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to actually focus on this, you know? While also sticking true to your strategy. And I think it's hard, but um, yeah, I think just seeing where you're not being validated and being able to let go is hard. And, or if there's things that you're starting to get movement in, don't give up too soon. So again, like there's always like this balancing act that's happening, right? Um, you know, where, how long is long enough to wait, like, and try things. And, but I think the barometer of your gut, if your gut's feeling tense and you're feeling angry and not good, and you're exhausted, then it's time to let that go. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I think there would be so many more happier business owners if they just stop doing the thing that they hate and like, fuck the money, the money is going to come. Oh, yeah. usually almost immediately after you stop doing the thing that you hate. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Cause it did. Like I, yeah, it did. Yeah. Do you, do you remember this? I think you stopped doing yeah. something that you hated and it was like eight clients immediately. Like, there, yes, there, it was right yeah. um mm -hmm. so I think that was a really great like SCA win in general but I think it, again it just speaks to the fact that when you change your energy and it, this is another thing that we don't really talk about with you a lot it, it's all so usually technical and marketing based but I do think that like the energy background and you learning how to not only spot your triggers but become a lot more self-aware of like the cycles that you're in that I think a lot of and this is why I love the fact that I get to watch my clients grow like beyond the, like who you are today is so different to the person who you were on day one. It's insane. It's like talking to two different people on two different planets. And I think this is a testament to you doing the work behind the scenes and you, you know, not only actioning what I tell you to do, right. Without, without a lot of pushback actually. So thank you for that. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not like that, but <laughs> you're like the soulmate of soulmates, you know, but but also for evolving your skills and like seeking other paths. I think that's what makes you so special, right? In a way, and such an amazing expert in this technical thing because you're forever evolving. And, you know, for someone, let's be honest, I hated websites. I would be like, your website is like the last thing that you need to think about when you start your business. Um, I know, right? Well, today it's probably slightly different. I think today your website is essentially like your calling card or it's the, you know, it's like the LinkedIn profile, if you like. So I think a website does definitely have a purpose and I have definitely changed my tune over the last however many, four years of, of being in this space. What I think was really cool about working with you specifically is that the SEO bit, which you weren't really sure about when we started, right? It was something you were like, oh, I don't really know whether this is the thing. Like, I really enjoy it and I can go and like do 20 courses on it. But like, I'm not really sure that this is where I'm at. Talk to me about that idea of like, okay, I wanted to become a coach. I wanted to coach these people. And actually what I think my superpower is, is in this specific different thing. And like the difference between, let's say, being a coach and having an agency. Because I think that that's a, that's a lot of people's story too, you know? Um, you know, and I think 
for most people, what happens is, is they're the service provider for a long time. Um, and they want to basically get out of the treatment room or the service room. Right. Um, and then they transition to coaching. That's usually the um, progression that happens. Um, I think for me, I, I wanted to take what I learned with my husband, went right into coaching from that and getting certifications for um, helping businesses grow and scale because I thought I was pretty, pretty good at that with my husband um, too. I've always been nerdy and technical. Um, so I, I think what happened was we, we hired someone to do SEO. And like I said, I found out they, they didn't do it at all. Um, when I started auditing that and then um, I audited some of the other customers that were friends of mine, you know, cause I had referred this person to them and audited that. And I was like, holy crap, like you're never going to get traffic. Um, you sell adult toys and you're ranking for love, light and, and happiness. How does that sell an adult product? It doesn't, you're just right. Not, not even there. So, um, yeah, I took courses on it because I was like, Hey, my husband has a website and these guys are managing it. And then I was like, Oh my God, this is terrible. Give that back to me. Right. You know, or just give it to me. Cause for the longest time I was hands off, David was hands off. We just didn't care because he had already been working in his field for 13 years and had a, a network established. So he didn't care. And, and that works for some people. Right. Um, so yeah, like I liked it. I did it for his website. Um, I taught some other people how to do theirs. It increased their traffic. Um, it doubled their business, you know, but I think in the back of my head, it's like, well, I'm not an expert at this because I haven't been doing it for five years. Um, and so I'm getting results, but I just don't have enough results to feel confident about. But at this point, I have enough results to feel confident about for sure. Um, and I think that's the other part of like just trying some things out. I'm not afraid to be bold and to, to like try and just go all in and see what happens. On the other end of that, though, I wasn't depending on a paycheck from this to, to begin with. Not not for the first two years. Right. Um, I wasn't in a position where I had to make things work. So I had the luxury of taking classes, doing certifications, taking my time to see it work because SEO is kind of a slow game, right? Um, it doesn't happen overnight. It can happen just depending on the industry, depending on the location. It can happen within 30 days, you know, to where you get a page one ranking. Um, but that's not typical, right? You're looking 60 to 90 days of some um, work, just depending on where you're at. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think, I think I have the experience. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting like point that you make of terms of like I didn't have to make things work, and I think the pivotal moment when we started working together was I think you came to me ready to make it work. Like I think up to that point, you were sort of happy playing, right, and do, taking like courses and making the things, right, and I think. Part of the reason that a lot of people that invest in coaching programs or in coaches or in themselves and the different capacities, and I think this is a really interesting thing that you point out here, is that a lot of people, particularly who have like nine to fives or savings or whatever, or they just have disposable income, are in that same space. Not everyone. I think there's this like myth in the space that everyone is a struggling 20-something-year-old living on ramen noodles and is like yeah. praying for their next client. In my experience, there are like two people like that out of a hundred, right? And if you're in that space eating ramen noodles, no worries, that's fine. You'll probably, you know, you'll move through and there's a whole other situation there. But I think for the majority of people, like when I came into the space, I was making a lot of money and I was happy learning, right? And that's, that's the reality of the situation. I think what happens is when we decide to invest in ourselves and when we decide to invest in an agency, whether it's SEO or ads or something else, we're making a decision that, you know what, this thing of me coasting, I'm no, I'm no longer available for it. And I, you know, and I think this is another thing where a lot of people expect the service provider to then just make it happen for them, like chop, chop, yeah. right? Or the coach to make it happen for them, chop, chop. And I think kudos to you for, a, not being that client, like you did the work, you actioned the steps, you did the program, you followed it to a T, it worked, right? And I think that's an interesting thing to consider too, is that like, where are we as business owners offloading things that actually shouldn't be offloaded? 
where are we as business owners not really owning, not wanting to progress or to take clients, right? Because it's scary. I'm not doing anything. I'm doing it for my husband. And then having to then put yourself out there and be like, well, someone should pay me for this because I'm a fucking God. Like I'm a, I'm Carol motherfucking Suzuki, as we like to say in our coaching calls. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, Carol, where is Carol motherfucking Suzuki? You know, <laughs> it's like screaming. And I think that's another interesting thing of, where were you a mirror for those types of clients at the beginning? Who will I? Oh, absolutely. Right. And make it work. (laughs) Absolutely. And yeah, I think the more I understand where, um, I can't be so passive and, um, you know, I guess it is a part of like giving them too much authority too, where you have to start pushing back and say, no, and, you know, but it, it's constant, like even this week being tested about, okay, that's not what we agreed upon. So that that's where the scope creep happens all the time is where you don't push back, right? Because you're in fear that they're going to fire you. And I was certainly there at the beginning, right? You know, first big client, I'm afraid they're going to fire me. And then I was like, you know what? I quit. Like, it's too much, you know? Yes, and then what happened? What happened? To then, yeah, then I unloaded, unboarded like four more, five, you know, it just started snowballing because, I said no to that kind of work that was not, it wasn't good for me, right? Like a part of it was a part, but a very small part of it was, and where I was being led was not like my cup of tea. So just, I guess, owning up to that and and saying, look, I'm, you know, you need a full stack agency. That's not me. Um, it was hard, but it was, I think the best thing for both of us, you know, which is hard to to let go and to walk away, you know, from your biggest paycheck to date, right? Um, but it's been better. Yeah. Uh, so being able to push back, being able to see those moments, um, and just being so passive for so long, it's hard, but it's, it's a work in progress and I'm seeing it quicker and faster and being able to say, no, that's not what I'm doing for you. You know, because people come in with, well, you're a marketer, you do all of these things they don't know. And there's like 73 different specialties in marketing alone, right? That if, the owner is, it's not even if they're not going to understand how they all work, how they're supposed to play together, how one is supposed to hand off to the other. So I think the biggest certification that I got was like the broad spectrum on marketing. And then you can go into specialties. And that's exactly what I've done is understanding the broad spectrum, how it's supposed to lay out and then deep diving into the traffic specialties has really been um, better for me. And then I can, interface with other agencies better uh to do like design work which we both know I'm not the best designer in the world but boy can I make those words make some traffic happen <laughs> Brian I think there is yeah. that, that, that that conversation of well what is the skill set right and I think the 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 beautiful thing there is that I I remember having a conversation because I then hired Carol to then redo the SEO on my homepage, which by the way, I think that's again, like another great sign if you want to hire your clients with their badasses. Like I always think that's, that's always like tick, 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 you know, for me. Um, But that was a conversation that we had is that like, I am a big fan of everything being pretty and editorial and set up in just the so way that I like. Right. And I think that's another that's another conversation to have in the way of like, how are you onboarding those people to explain to them why you're making the decisions that you're making? And it takes you being a business owner and not the magician behind the scenes. Cause the magician, we don't know how the wizard of Oz does his magic because you're just seeing the smoke screen. Right. And I think the, the shift for you and where you have been, if I can comment on this, I don't know, you can tell me what you think has made you the most successful in a second, but where I think you it has made the biggest difference for you on like a mental health basis and not only on the profit basis too, but where you have started to show the clients and show the people, why are we doing these things that we're doing and what is the outcome? Like making it a lot more goal oriented, I think has helped shift your business in a much more positive and better way where, you know, perhaps you started as like the magician behind the scenes but I think now it's a lot more of a conversation of, well, no, actually, yes, Elisa, you might want it to be pretty, but actually like this keyword is bringing people who are searching for the X Factor, the UK TV show, and not are not actually bringing you the traffic that you want to your website, which is tanking you and blah, blah, blah. And like, if you're a business owner who doesn't know that, who doesn't know how to look at these things, 
then you need that information versus what I think a lot of service providers do is they say, well, no, it's just wrong when you do it my way. You know, I think there is, there is that, yeah. those, are the, those are the ones I get stuck and they're like stuck on number four in the map pack, right? Mm. Because they wanted to have more control over the words on their website and where those were positioned. Um, so you can have the, the proper words and it can look pretty. It really can. But there's certain places where certain words need to appear or your website is not in alignment with what people are looking for. And that's what SEO is all about. And if that's the case, if you definitely don't want those words on your website in those certain positions, you can run ads, but guess what? You're going to pay more for your ads because those keywords are not a part of your website um, mm -hmm. and you're not sending the proper word signals to Google, right? So Google owns the search game um, and that's just the way it is. And they base everything off of your keywords and what kind of value that they think it has for the searcher. And that's the bottom line is they want a great experience. So even now, like, um, you know, all these like pop-ups in the beginning to get signups, like that is definitely a thing of the past because even with the ads, they're saying, we're not going to send ads to your website with all these pop-ups in the beginning, the interstitials, the, the things that make users want to click ad blockers. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's getting real, but uh, lead gen is about creating alignment, alignment with what people are looking for. And literally, Lisa, it's like pads, problem, agitate, solution, right? That's in your ads, that's in your, your copy. Um, and you're aligning it to that where people, what word is somebody going to type in to solve this problem that they're ready to solve right now, like right now? And are you going to give them something that is useful for them right now because if you're not they're going to bounce out and it's not going to matter so it's really about focusing not so much on yourself it's funny right there's places where you have to give and take you have to be able to get in front of these people in their time of need um, but it also has to feel good to you but then if you're focusing on your customer that languaging the promises the offers is really customer focused because if it's you focused, it's not going to work. Right. But there's a lot of you in your customer. So it's always this dance, right. Of It really is a dance of where do you begin? Where do you end? Like, where is it your customer is, you know, where is it not so much your customer? Right. Yeah. So true. I love that. I love that analogy of like, it's a, it's a dance. And I think that the beautiful part there is that if you, <laughs> You can have the most beautiful traffic engine, but if you don't have a system for for sustaining those people, for enrolling those people, and you don't have an offer that's magnetic, you're screwed. You can have the most amazing, incredible ads running, you know, or you can be the top page of Google, but if your content sucks and if your messaging sucks and if there is no you there, then guess what? You're going to be spending a lot of money for something that isn't, you know, even essentially worth it. It's not going to give you that return. And I think that's, that's yeah, I see that too. Yeah. You know, where that, that dance is even more prominent of, well, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, if I could just run ads, then everything would be great. Like, no. Convert. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> do you know how to sell do you know how to market your mess you know your message do you know how to market your offer where, where like where is the proof it's sort of like show me the proof you know show me the money right and i've seen that too where i've run tons of traffic um in the landing page it looks cool but like functionally it does not convert and i have to go back to my agency and say look you designed this landing page um I got you a 3% click through. And I think the biggest shift here has been talking about the numbers, mm -hmm. right? If you want this many clients, this is how many impressions you need. This is what the, like how many people are going to click through. This is how many people you should be able to sell if it's converting properly. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, every time you add a step, you add another percentage. That's just, it's math. It's just how that's the numbers part. Um, and you can change the numbers by having better messaging on those landing pages, right? And making sure that they're functional, that they're routing to secure all, like there's so many little pieces that have to be in place and I'm pretty good at spotting them, I would say, um, mm -hmm. when I do audits and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I've seen where the, the landing page looks really cool and, um, but the customer isn't converting because there's like 10 call to actions or even in the header, you have 12 links. It's not a true landing page. They just wanted to turn their website into a landing page or on the other end, 
um, you get a landing page with like one little video and three hearts and there's no copywriting. And it's like, sir, your web, this landing page isn't going to work, but I can run ads to it all day long. Sure. No problem. You know? right. um, you'll get traffic, but I don't know if you're going to get your 10 phone calls. So it is a dance. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, to go back to the conversation of like owning your power and owning your message, I think the art of being a service provider of any sort is understanding where you fit into the bigger picture, right? Like something I just talked to one of my photographer clients about yesterday, and we were talking about like understanding where those photos are going to be used in the ecosystem. For you, it's understanding that like this traffic part it, it it's it's great you can run traffic at a three percent click-through rate but if the landing page sucks then you're going to be blamed because the traffic is the first thing they're not going to look at the landing page they're going to look at the quality of the people right but that's where the percentages happen where you can say three percent click-through is above industry standard but a ten percent or zero percent conversion rate that is your landing page like exactly the numbers don't lie. and it's like yeah. making it all work together because again, like when when I had my tutoring agency, it was the same thing. I'm like, I can teach your child, I can make them better. But if you're not doing the homework, to use like a completely non-related business ex- example, if you don't do the homework, if you don't do the pre-work before our sessions, I'm only there for a fraction of the week. Like you also have to do the work. And I think the art of essentially coming out of those shadows, owning who you are, owning your message is a lot to do with you understanding how you fit into the bigger picture and owning that space of like, this is the this is the metric that I own. This is the piece that I own. And you own the other piece. You own this. And I can't do my job properly if you don't do your job properly. And I think that's the, the boundaries and the, you know, the balance. But I think um, that's the powerful part. Yeah, for sure. And owning like, nope, that was me. And I fully do when mm-hmm. it is me. And, uh, or, you know, yeah, being able to say, sorry, that really wasn't me on, on this one, on this particular case. Like, this is why. Exactly. Or being able to prove this is why, too. Like, sometimes it's hard. That is very true. And, and I know, like, I'm, like, being okay with those uncomfortable conversations, which is, like, a completely other episode. Maybe we can come back. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of, like, I was going to say, because I know I'm, um, I got about three minutes, because um, I do have a client excellent I love that's what we want to hear so final question final question for you I know that you're an avid reader like me it's one of the things that we bonded over what have been one of your favorite books that you have discovered this year oh boy I know this year because I'm like well there's like some favorites of all time that I have but this okay well then I mean give us give, give us a favorite of all time Okay, so for sure, it's um, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller is one of the top. Um, And then uh, Eugene Schwartz, he did, um, it was about like the, the, um, knowing your audience levels of awareness. So a breakthrough marketing, like that is a $300 book, but worth every penny, because it really talks about understanding the levels of awareness and then writing your headlines and your copy to like really to break through because we know being copywriters that only 10% of anything ever hits. And so when it does hit, uh, uh, you need to rinse and repeat. And that leads me to like the wizard of ads by Roy Williams was amazing. Um, I, so I like reading a lot of like direct, uh, sales copy books. So Frank Kern was another one that was like the, the best Mark newsletter or, uh, I'll have to look them up, but, um, yeah, it's the best. Oh, I know it's yeah. like a green book as well. I, so I have it. Um, I'll have to take a picture and share that. Um, another one though, that I read this year though, was about negotiating. Um, and it was about, so that was so good. So that was my big takeaway this year. And I'll have to like, there's just been so much, like my mind is mush, mush, but I can remember Donald Miller's story brand, Eugene Schwartz breakthrough marketing. Um, Oh my gosh. And then, uh, there's just been so many good ones like, uh, uh, proven Martha marketing methods. That was another big one. So I can compile a list. Honestly, um, there's a list from digital marketer that I just started reading through like Ryan Dice's top 100 and they've been all like, um, game changers. So 
love it. I'm getting my reading list from mostly except for that one. Yeah. So for that one. No, I love it. I'm like, all of the books, give them, give them two of the books. But we'll link them in the show notes for everyone. uh, Because I know it's one of the things that we love to talk about behind the scenes too. So thank you so much, Carol, for jumping on with me today. And I will speak to you all lovely people next week for now. Bye-bye. Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.